Hello and welcome to the ADHD Mums podcast. I'm your host Jane and I'm here to let you know you are not alone. This is a safe place where we can talk openly about our struggles with having ADHD, being a mum and dealing with life a little outside the box. We are real people with real stories who want to be able to laugh, confine and strive to be better than what we were yesterday. My name is Jane McBadden. I'm a 36-year-old mother of three who was diagnosed with ADHD a little over a year ago. I'm here to help you live out your full potential with a diagnosis or without one. I am passionate about helping others take back their life and having a great time while doing so. On this show, you can expect to laugh, hear vulnerable discussions and learn why things are the way they are for mums with ADHD. No two humans are the same, no two diagnoses are the same, and no two stories are the same. It's something that feels really personal, and we as mums seem to find a way to put pressure on ourselves to be perfect, to work in a great job that we get paid well for, and are passionate about, have a clean, tidy home, and well-mannered, obedient children, to have it all. Can we just drop the expectations? There's no way that that's possible. We have a lot to learn and a lot to look forward to on this podcast, so let's go. This week's episode is on trauma and ADHD. So quick tips for the busy ADHD mum, what is trauma and how does it relate to ADHD? Living with ADHD and trauma can feel similar. The symptoms are so entwined that a single tug can cause the whole thing to cave in. You don't know where the symptoms of one starts and the others begin. So try having both and living your life. We also know that most people have experienced trauma. The death of a loved one, divorce, car accidents, caregiver abuse, neglect, natural disasters, racism, being a victim of a crime or witnessing one, these can all impact in the way that somebody thinks or feels. We also know that trauma doesn't have lasting effects for everyone. Some trauma can become chronic. It can turn into PTSD, but you also can make a full recovery. However, people that have a trauma-based nervous system dysregulation can experience similar symptoms to ADHD, anxiety, low mood, numbing, shame, and guilt. Trauma can also manifest in the body with headaches, nausea, shaking, chest tightness, shallow breathing, and lightheadedness. The other thing that's really interesting is the research shows that people with ADHD are more likely to experience trauma than other people. It is more common than previously thought. People with ADHD are often bullied. They feel they don't fit in. They can struggle academically or socially. They can be guilted or punished for behaviors over a long period of time that they have no control over. They're more likely to find themselves in DV relationships, sexual assault, and they are more likely to take part in risky behavior such as car accidents or alcohol abuse. So we do know there is a really strong correlation between the two. I've brought in a regular ADHD mum who's here to discuss that with trauma and ADHD and how they link together. I'd like to give a warm welcome to Jenny Cleary, who's here to discuss trauma and ADHD. Welcome, Jenny. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Jenny. I'm 48 years old, married to my beautiful and supportive husband, Owen. I'm currently going through a process of getting a diagnosis for ADHD and childhood trauma. I'm so very grateful to have two amazing neurodivergent children 
who taught me more about myself than anyone else. And I'm on a journey of exploring my own life and reflecting on how things happened to my ancestors and myself that impacted my life and possible the life of our children. My desire and mission is to break this cycle. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with trauma and ADHD? So it started with my children. It took me 10 years to get a diagnosis for my girl and soon after my son got diagnosed as well. It was a hard journey and I often asked myself why. I had a lot of self-doubts as a mother. I was often triggered by certain things, very forgetful and sometimes just very sad. I was just feeling life is so hard, especially after many years advocating for my daughter and at school and around family. I also had this strange thing that I often felt abandoned about silly things and I just couldn't make sense of it. I reflected on myself and told my husband that I feel that I possibly have ADHD. So I went to my children's psychologist and asked her if she would assess myself for ADHD and told her what my husband mentioned too. As she knew my family history because she saw both of my children, she quite soon after asked me if I ever thought that I could have a childhood trauma. I didn't really remember much about my childhood anyways. It was packed away like in a, in a closed box. I also didn't know that ADHD and trauma are often related to each other. I was speechless at first, as this was definitely not at the top of my mind. She then said to me, there's this book. I read once about trauma and when I think about that book and your story, it gets me the shivers. I seriously believe that you would find some answers in that book for yourself. She also said to me, if I can't remember anything about my childhood, it could be useful to think about feelings that I could, re could be related to my childhood. So I was thinking about, when I, about my childhood and I thought about what kind of feelings come up very quickly. And I shouldn't, she said, I shouldn't think too much about it, just very spontaneously. And strange wise, abandonment and sadness came up straight away, but I couldn't make any sense of it back then. So off I went, started to read the book, The Body Keeps the Score. Soon after that, I explored my past, thinking about memories that were almost not existing, talking to my family and making a lot of research about my trauma or trauma in general. So here I am. My father was around seven or eight and he was hiding uncountable times in a bunker from bombs in World War II. He was terrified and anxious at the time. He was often described to me as being a wonderful, kind and caring soul. As a young man, he married my mother. Apparently, he had a drinking problem that wasn't really obvious at the start of their marriage, but became a major issue later on. I believe it was his way of dealing with his trauma and ADHD symptoms, as back then no one knew about ADHD and trauma. So he was drinking and at the same time emotionally 
and physically abusing my mother for years. That had happened over a long time and my mom was so badly abused that she sometimes had to hide in the forest from him. This went on during my childhood. When I was about four and a half years old, it happened that I had two very traumatic events within about six months. At first, I was involved in a very big car accident where everyone in the car was seriously injured and transported with an ambulance or helicopter straight to hospital. We all got terribly injured from this accident. I can't remember this accident ever happening, but I have just pictures who can prove me that it actually happened. About six months later, my dad happened to kill himself while my brother and me were supposed to sleep. I heard the big bang from the gun and called my brother if he had heard it too and if we should go downstairs and check what had happened. He said no, as dad would get really angry with us leaving our bedrooms. We both can't remember anything else that happened that night. Did we stay in bed? Did we go downstairs? We both don't remember. We also got told that we were taken apart from a few, for a few days after that all happened to different families to take care of us. So my brother went to his godmother. I went to somebody else. I don't remember who it was. And my mother obviously had to deal with a very traumatic event herself. Certainly, no one knew what impact these actions could have on our mental well-being back then. They just didn't know and they thought that was best for us at the time. So when I started to go back in time and remembered all these events, I started to notice a pattern. Basically, my father in the bunker must have been terrified by the bombs and at the same time must have heard children and women screaming and crying. He was triggered each and every time when children or women would scream or cry and react inappropriately. Although he was described as one of the most beautiful human they have ever met. Because of my father's behavior and the car crash, which both seemed to have the same stimulus, screaming, crying kids and women, I was unconsciously always triggered whenever I heard children or women scream or cry. It is a very strange, unconscious feeling of discomfort, which causes anger, but you don't really understand why. So I noticed that I wasn't really emotionally accessible for my children as I should have been as a mother. I mean, I was there for them and I could comfort them, but I would always have this anger inside myself. I would quickly get angry and upset when my children scream or cry because I unconsciously connect these noises with my own traumas. The same happened with friends and family members. I often felt abandoned by friends or family by their actions, but I just felt this anger and sadness inside me every time. Wow, that's a huge story, Jenny. I can't even, I actually got goosebumps listening to that. I mean, you've lived an incredibly traumatic life. 
How do you think the ADHD and the trauma interlinks? Because I got my children diagnosed, I've learned a lot on the path and I just realized all the symptoms my son had were very similar and I did some more research and I just basically thought I had ADHD. And then I did some research about traumas and I realized that a lot of these Like, for example, memories, I forget, I'm very forgetful. I don't remember about my childhood at all, except what the little things which I just told you, like the very traumatic parts. But in in general, I forget all the time stuff or I get really very quickly irritated. I can become stressed and I have lots of anxiety. All this stuff I think is typical ADHD, but at the same time, also relates to trauma and that makes it so extremely difficult to understand and along the whole path uh, exploring all these things I also got told that a lot of theories in neuroscience are saying that um, diagnose of diagnose of ADHD potentially goes back to trauma. So do you think that you do have ADHD on top of the trauma? Or do you think it's trauma symptoms? I'm in the middle of getting diagnosed at the moment. And I still believe that I have ADHD as well, but probably combined with a childhood trauma, which is triggering a few things and explaining me why I'm reacting in the way I'm reacting, which will be extremely helpful with dealing with our children. And being an even better mother. I wouldn't say I'm a bad mom because if you would ask them, they will probably not even notice all this. But I just know being an adult and understanding all how important it is to be emotionally accessible for the children and how much this can impact them. Oh, absolutely. Have you ever tried any medication for ADHD? No, not yet. Um, I'm looking forward to try some because I have a good friend who told me that it will be very helpful to be able to function better in society and probably give me a little bit of a, how do you say, relief. A lot of people talk about the first time that they try medication if they have ADHD. And I think it can be really telling for people. Sometimes I've heard people say, oh, I don't think I really have it, but I've got this script. I might fill the prescription and try it. And after they take the medication, they actually realize that, yes, this is real because you do have such a change in your brain. So that's why I asked the question because I thought sometimes that can really give you the answer quite clearly because it is a neurological um, disorder. So, for example, with depression, you can't take an antidepressant and feel better instantly. Whereas stimulants in an ADHD brain, you really do get that quite quick effect. So it does sometimes help people accept it because they start to actually see the difference. And you do operate with a neurotypical brain a little bit more. So if I find I take medication, I think, oh, wow, this is how everybody else lives. It's so quiet in here and it's so easy to focus. So that will be really interesting for you when you get to that point, if you get to that point. I was going to ask you, a lot of people live a fair amount of their life being misdiagnosed with depression, anxiety, and I was wondering if you'd had any other misdiagnoses or how not knowing some of this information has impacted your life. 
Yes, definitely it has. I mean, I'm 48 years old and I have never got any diagnosis so far. So it's all very new to me. Besides, I have two children who are neurodivergent because I had behavioral patterns that I struggled with all my life and I didn't know why, but now where I know about my trauma and start to reflect on my life, I absolutely understand and can start to change these patterns. I also, it also impacted my children and their behavior. And I'm 48 years old and thinking back that it took me 48 years to, to find out about that. I mean, sometimes I wish I would have known all this beforehand. So before I had children, at least, so I could not put some of my trauma and some of my behavior onto them. What do you think would have changed in your life if you had have known earlier? I definitely believe my whole life I would have been happier and I wouldn't have thought and doubted myself so much. Another thing is being a parent would have been much easier for me because I could have dealt with all these issues before I had children and not while I'm having children and dealing with neurodivergent children myself. I honestly am not even sure how much it imp would have impacted the traits of my children. Like in saying, okay, they have diagnosis for ASD and ADHD, but depending on how you live your family life and how your whole environment is responding to you has a massive impact in how strong their traits are and how how they are feeling about themselves. Yeah, and I think as women, we always like to take more responsibility than what we should at times. And there's so much of an element of when you have a child, that's when you start growing up. And a lot of ADHD people say that one of the traits of ADHD is that you do grow up a little bit later or a little bit slower. So, you know, even living by yourself and doing simple things, you might be in your late 20s and you're still forgetting to pay rent, forgetting to pay the electricity bill. So, you know, it says a lot of us do find that we're only just starting to figure out some of these things about ourselves when we have kids. So I don't think you're alone in that. I don't think I really even started growing up until I had a baby because you don't have to. So I wouldn't be too hard on yourself with that one. That's so true. I agree with you. And we learn all our lives in the end. And it's a it's an interesting journey at the same time. And I'm actually really grateful for having children and showing me this path. Because who knows what would have happened if I wouldn't have them. Because they were the reasons why I started to reflect on myself as well. Absolutely. And, you know, you want the best for them. So sometimes I find myself following the therapy suggestions for my kids myself and then I get the benefits like having more structure and being more organized and allowing more time for things. I'm doing that for my children because I know they struggle to transition from one place to the other but actually so do I. So if I don't get to come home and have something to eat and have a cup of tea and have just a few moments to relax, not that we do that much with kids anyway but if I go from one thing to the next all day, I know I'm just completely exhausted. So there is that element of we get the help for ourselves through our children as well. 
Yes, I can totally agree on that. Yeah. So what kind of changes have you implemented in your own life that have positively impacted you, do you think? The biggest impact that made the ball rolling was to be able to identify my triggers and how this impacts my behavior. Also, I started to do my own research in neuroscience as I wanted to find out more about how I can change these patterns and behavior that impact not just me, but also my children. What helped our family was a neuroscience counseling by being able to understand each other's social brains and identify our communication and learning style to be able to effectively communicate with each other within the family and understand each other's emotions and the way we are. This was absolutely life-changing for all of us. Even though my husband was very critical about this, he really embraced that journey together with me. Apart from this, apart from this, we only just started to do neurofeedback therapies to help our brains to get back into balance. Because I believe we all kind of traumatized because it's like in our DNA. And as I just explained in my story, it's basically coming from my father, but honestly, also from my mother, because she has a trauma on her own. And I grew up together with her the rest of my childhood. And I gave it to my children again. So I feel like we all need to work on our traumas and balance our brains uh, uh, so that we can function again better or easier for us, make life easier for us. Our daughter was treated the first time last week, so it is all really very fresh. But the changes we had on that first day was absolutely mind-blowing. I can't wait until I can go there and treat myself. But we decided first we give the treatments to our children. And once we can see a really great impact, I would want to go that path, down that path as well. So what specific type of treatment is it? Neurofeedback. It's so what do they basically, do? it's really hard to explain for me not being a specialist. But there's basically in the book, which I mentioned, there is at the end of the book is three solutions to help your brain to get back in balance. So what they are saying is that for some reason, when you go through a traumatic event, um, one of your brain parts gets more dominant. And it can be the emotional part, which then reflects in very strong emotions and outbreaks. And uh, that means the thinking part, like the other part of the brain, is not so dominant and cannot be in balance with the emotional part. And what they are doing is basically they are training your brain with a screen where they are producing lots of pictures on it and and then trying to give your brain stimulants to react on it and learn how to calm yourself. So it's a kind of a similar thing you would do. You would go to yoga classes or do meditation, but it's just more effectful because or quicker because you can, they can basically screen 
your brain waves and they can see how several stimulants are impacting your brain and in which way they are impacting you. And then they can give you uh, possibilities when you look at the screen to calm yourself down or react accordingly and give the brain the, how do you say, the information needed to to function in the right appropriate way is that yeah it's really hard to explain as not being a specialist in that field but it just makes a lot of sense to me when you look into it and i really i'm really very convinced into that and in telling you i tell you what i've seen with my daughter only going once it was just absolutely amazing but I must say, I know I have done some research and seen some people saying it takes a long time until they can see a difference. In our case, with my daughter, it was the first day. I, she could express herself and tell me a lot. And I saw it. I just literally saw it and experienced it one by one. Wow. So if someone's listening to this thinking, gee, I might like to try that, how would they, what would they kind of Google or what would they look up? simply neurofeedback and you would find some specialists um, who are specialized in that field and if you go on their homepage you will probably be able to read more but also neuroscience based researchers are very helpful in that field and to explore a bit more about that another option is which I was actually very torn what to try out first but it doesn't make out make sense to try several things at the same time Another one which our psychologist recommended was EMDR therapy. I think this is a bit more, most people are more familiar with that. It's kind of a similar way of training your brain to connect, yeah, to, to make different connections or break break some kind of patterns in your brain, like exactly what I explained. When I get triggered by screaming children or crying children, they would bring up this trigger, but then try and combine it with, instead of a negative emotion, bring it in combination with a positive emotion. Oh, no, no, I understand that. My psychology background is in PTSD and I've seen a lot of great results with EMDR. So that's definitely something that I understand. It can be quite a specialty. I have heard it described as psychological surgery where it can be quite confronting. It's quite a confronting experience. It can be. However, you often, often, not every time, do see quite significant results. I know of two people very close to me who I won't name have done EMDR on some pretty significant trauma and I've witnessed some really brilliant results that I've seen come out of that it did take about a year where they went through one trauma one memory in one session so if someone's got a particularly traumatic upbringing for example they might have 20 40 extremely traumatic memories particularly around parenting that stuff can be quite frequent and if there's a lot of memories it can take a lot of weeks to if you think 52 weeks in a year they might have done 45 memories it takes at least for some people a year however I saw some really significant improvement in the people that I knew that did it however it's not for the faint-hearted I always say with EMDR you need to go in it quite prepared that it is 
it is quite challenging to do the sessions and I don't think anyone would look forward to reliving trauma. However, done properly, I think the results are definitely there. So EMDR, I think, is is brilliant. That's just my personal view. I'm not an expert. I'm not an EMDR specialist by any means. But um, I do think what you're saying does make sense around trauma living in the body. That resonates to me. Yes, yes. I have been researching in both and I, I would support both of these therapies. And it's just a different way of trying to get to the bottom of it. Medication is one thing and I believe that medication is really helpful. But I would like to also be able from myself to change these behavioral patterns if I can. And this, both these therapies are ways where I can work on myself and try and change this. I absolutely agree. I think our medication can be brilliant. Is it brilliant alone? If you just take medication and change nothing. I had an interview with Dr. Jacinta Thompson on diagnosis and she was talking about medication can actually make you increase your expectations about what you should or couldn't be doing. So perhaps you feel a bit better, so you put more pressure on yourself, which can be really confronting and quite negative. Whereas as what you're saying, if you combine medication with therapies and change your behavior, then you might possibly be able to live a slightly different and improved life. But And it also can be difficult if you're trying to change behaviors without medication, if that's something that you need. Like I know, for example, myself, I've been told by many psychologists to sit down and practice mindfulness for 10 minutes a day. But without knowing I had ADHD, that was something that just felt impossible. I would find it so difficult to sit down and do nothing for 10 minutes and rest my body. And I didn't know that I had hyperactive ADHD and my thoughts are just streaming. So I felt this I'm not good enough. I can't even do this simple strategy. What's wrong with me? Everyone else can do it. So I absolutely agree with you. I think together that can be a great path. This is a very good input. How I said there was also options for meditation and trauma. And I was like, I love the thought of it. (laughs) I can't kind of picture myself doing it. I've tried it before and I find it so difficult. And so the other options are great ways to to try this kind of path which is actually similar it's calming it's calming your brain it's making both brains right and left brain to be more into balance and let the thinking brain to kick in when it's needed most when we are all anxious and stressed about situations and yes seems a very helpful way as well, especially for ADHD people. Yeah, and it's that acknowledgement, isn't it? I know with my kids, sometimes I read things like, get them to do 10 minutes a day of mindfulness and sitting and breathing. And I need to be really aware that my kids are not kids to sit down. So putting that pressure and expecting them to be able to meditate when I can barely do that is something that's not realistic for them. So I think being aware of how your brain works and how your kids' brain work, rather than going, well, we all need to meditate and then everybody just failing at it. Maybe meditation's more walking on the beach or going for a bike ride might be a way to slow down. You have to move your body at the same time. But I know what you're saying. It sounds great in theory. It doesn't always really equate to real life, does it? Yes, exactly. Everybody has to find their own way of 
finding rest for their brains, I think. And as you said before, for some people it's climbing a mountain, for some people it's going on a bike ride. It really depends on each individual. Oh, absolutely. Look, Jenny, thank you so much for your time. I just wanted to say to you, thank you so much for sharing so open and honestly. I think that your story will resonate with a lot of people that have been through trauma or some significant event. And then it's very confusing as to where does one start? Um, and is it ADHD? Is it trauma? Is it PTSD? Is it depression and anxiety? And you can see how people get misdiagnosed. So I really appreciate you sharing. Yes, thank you for, so much for letting me share the story. And I'm hopeful that some people will listen to my story and think, oh, this could be have something to do with my life too. And I need to go and dig a little bit deeper in my past to be a happier self. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you.